And hello out there, all you Lasso-holics, and welcome back to Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fan cast from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois. I'm Jeremy Geckner, and uh, we have another special episode with you today because Season 3 still isn't out. Um, but of course, our good friends AJ and Mel are hard at work uh, editing to get that one ready. Um, but in the meantime, it is Emmy season, everybody, and our boys in Ted, boys and ladies in Ted Lasso, they scored big again with 20 nominations. Here to break it all down with me is my co-host, as always, Mr. Craig McFarlane. Craig, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. I was going to say, AJ and Mel, also nominees. So yes. not only are they working hard, but Congrats, they are guys. Uh, getting some recognition for some hard work last season as well. I'm so excited. This, of course, ties the number of nominations they received for season one. A lot of people didn't expect that because they thought that they would have not necessarily a sophomore slump, but there is just such a rush of good TV out there. Yeah. And there were so many shows that came back that were on kind of a longer hiatus shows like Barry and shows like Atlanta that were on sort of a longer hiatus from COVID. And so people were saying, is Ted Lasso going to reign Supreme still in the comedy category? And the answer is a resounding yes. Yeah, there's a, so a little background on why the Emmys are very weird uh, before we start talking about them, guys. But um, just just so you know, like uh, season two was released before the Emmys that were nominated for season one. So all the Emmys that Ted Lasso won last year were for season one. Um, even though season two had already been released. And this is just kind of like just the really truncated, weird way that the Emmy nomination process happens. The timeline for release to nomination is insanely wide. Um, and it leads to, you're right, Craig, a lot of um, just kind of disparate uh, campaigns of how to do this. There's a lot of shows that try to, especially streamers, try to delay the releases to closer to nomination season. Um, and if there's anything you could take from this year, it's kind of that that strategy didn't seem to pay off <laughs> for a no, lot of these shows. Um, but uh, the other cool part about that is, though, you're right, though, with so much distance between Ted Lasso season two and these nominations to uh, yesterday, um, it is just kind of, and by yesterday, I mean, uh, Mon uh, Tuesday, the 12th, you know, but like there is just this insane gulf of time and it is good to know that the Academy, um, the television Academy really did still love what the, the crew put together for season two, especially in the technical categories, the no weddings and a funeral episode, which is what you and I thought would get uh, the most nominations episode wise. Um, but this is, we're going to go through all of these uh, nominations, obviously talk about some of them a little bit more than others. Um, but Craig, any other thoughts before we start uh, listing off our, our favorite crew here and what they accomplished? No, I think that we can get it as we go along the nominees. So let's just let's give it to them all 20 nominations for Ted Lasso. X going to give it to you. All right. Well, let's start with the uh, technical categories here. So outstanding sound mixing for comedy or drama series half hour uh, and animation also thrown into that. But uh, the crew was nominated for Rainbow uh, this year. And those uh, sound mixers are Ryan Kennedy. Uh, Sean Byrne, David Laskelis, and Arno Stefanian. Um, so those were the recording mixers, the production mixer, and the Foley mixers. Um, I do kind of like uh, that Rainbow is the one that got this because it was like the most, I remember that one using the most music and the way they used the song Rainbow in that and just kind of the way they mixed like the Love Actually theme from uh, Curtis Strong. Uh, you know, I think that it's a pretty good uh, nomination here. 
This is where I'm going to depend on you because you've given me a good explanation of this in the past when we talked about sound mixing and sound editing <laughs> when it came to the Oscars. So explain to our listeners who might not know the difference between what sound mixing is versus sound editing. Yes. So, um, and I really hope that I do this correctly. Sound mixing um, is actually the art of kind of uh, finishing the product in a way. Um, so like when they, when they list here, uh, the, uh, Arno Stefanian as the Foley mixer, what that basically is, is the guy who comes in afterward and like adds the sound of like footsteps, uh, in a studio or actually adds like the, uh, turning of a door, like a creaking of a door or something like that. That's not something you actually capture on the set, uh, most of the time, or at the very least it won't sound like you want it to sound. So this is really kind of the, um, making of the sound of the show. And then of course the, uh, sound editing part is where you kind of mix it all together along with music, along with um, any kind of ADR, uh, which is uh, lines that happen after you've shot that you're like, oh, wait, I really wish Roy would have said another oi there or something like that. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so this is like the practical like making of sound for an episode um which is what's nominated here um and again rainbow just had a lot of stuff going on in it um, there's just a you know you got the sounds of the stadium especially when roy comes back in um you know there's just a lot of things that you got to capture to make that work absolutely and it's a great episode it's nominated in a lot of different places in the technical categories and i think it makes sense you know there's a couple of there's actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, three episodes that are called out and nominated in technical categories, one of which being Rainbow. Of course, No Weddings and a Funeral, which we predicted. And, buddy, I know you want to get there, so maybe we should go there right now. What's nominated for production design in a half-hour comedy? Ooh, production design in a half-hour comedy. So he's going to make me scroll up to You're make sure. You're scrolling through your list, but I will <laughs> I will give it to you now. I don't know if you know this yet, mm -mm. but Beard After beard Hours. Beard After Hours, baby. Woo! <laughs> see, did you know look, that yet? Have you seen that one I on the list? In the back of my mind, but it's 20 nominations. Um, you know, <laughs> here's the thing, guys. I don't brag often, but... When the Television Academy vindicates you, uh, I feel like you need to be. So all those people that wanted to crap talk me for getting Beard After Hours so far in the bracket tournament, I am vindicated and I will brag about it forever. Yes, of course, <laughs> call out Paul Cripps and uh, Stacey Dickinson for the production design and art direction of Beard After Hours. And look, come on. If you're going to nominate one episode for production design, like that one was so nuts. <laughs> I mean, like that apartment that he goes to and, you know, like even all of the, the the costumes and pieces and things like that that are just scattered about that apartment and all of them having somewhat of meaning, the hula hoops, everything. I mean, like so many things that go into how that looked. Uh, yeah. on the screen yeah absolutely so um also let's not get uh too far down as well beard after hours with another nomination here for outstanding sound editing of a comedy or drama series half hour in animation um this is a very long list of people here so i'll try to get through them all brett finley uh, bernard weiser ashley harvey kip smedley mark cleary jordan mclean uh sharon gersh richard david brown sanaa kelly and matt salib um all of these people so again this is the sound editing 
editing, not the sound mixing, which is literally the complete compiling of everything there. And again, you know, Beard After Hours might not be like the favorite narrative episode of Dead Lasso, but you have to admit there is so much going on there. And the fact that it all works like I, I, you know, just off the top of my mind, just like the hula hoop dance alone is an insane sequence. But the way they weave in Marcus Mumford's Blue Moon uh, under the fight sequence in that episode um, that really kind of underlays the way they get Thierry Henry just continually just showing up all over the place. I think that this is a very worthy technical episode to nominate. And you get the voiceover during that of Jamie's father as well and like those memories that come back. And yes, I I agree. It is technically it is a good episode to nominate and uh, well edited all around from film editing all the way to sound editing and of course the production design as well. Yeah. But any more technical categories that they are nominated for absolutely so kind of like the uh episode equivalent of best picture for like single episodes in television is the outstanding single camera picture editing for a comedy series and stuff like that and that one actually went to rainbow so our good friend melissa mccoy there uh for editing that episode Uh, but there's also one of those i believe uh, for uh, single camera editing for a comedy series which is a slightly different category but in the same vein and that one was for actually no weddings and a funeral for again what you said our good friend AJ Catiline so both of them getting their nominations there for I think some pretty damn good episodes Um, I would be pretty shocked and I haven't seen all television out there but the way that just that sequence of Ted and Rebecca recounting their experiences with their fathers when they were younger in that episode I think that little five minute sequence is worthy of an Emmy myself So this is uh, this was confusing to me because I had them listed in the same category. Are they in the same category? Or are they in separate categories? The official Emmy website has them listed as two different ones, which is single camera picture editing for a comedy series and then uh, single picture. Ca- oh, no, you're right. I was uh, reading the wrong one. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's continue. OK. That's OK. I just wanted to, you know, and I, I do think that No Weddings and Funerals is beautiful. Rainbow was my favorite episode of the second season uh, as well as tan lines right in that fifth episode spot in the first season both edited by melissa and i love aj to death i love melissa to death but you know maybe she can get her emmy this year uh that would be my (laughs) my one plug there he had he got it for the hope that kills you last year and uh so it'd be great to get her some recognition as well yeah so a few uh, last technical categories here uh outstanding writing for a comedy series they nominated no weddings and a funeral that episode was written of course by jane becker so very good there um we also of course got outstanding casting for a comedy series which is kind of the sag equivalent of like best cast ensemble uh that was uh to theo park for the casting of it of course outstanding direction uh, for a comedy series for an episode they nominated no weddings and a funeral uh mj delaney um who all always talks so amazingly about there um and then of course there was one more which i think was outstanding contemporary hairstyling which they also went for uh no weddings and a funeral so nikki austin the hairstylist uh designer and nicola springall the key hairstylist there so those were the all the technical awards um and it seems like no weddings and a funeral is the episode that everybody could like that the academy really zoned in on in this season well, we knew that that was going to be the one that they would submit the most because it technically it's a great episode, comes during a great story arc. It's well edited. It's just I would say it is probably one of those uh, as far as what the Television Academy may enjoy. It's definitely up their alley the most out of anything else in this season, I would say. 
Um, it's not necessarily my favorite episode. We talked about that a lot. I just mentioned it was Rainbow, but it is <laughs> incredibly well executed and all around just a great episode. So yeah. hopefully they get a lot of wins for it. Uh, Nikki Austin actually participated in LassoCon when we did. So I had a chance to listen to her panel when we did that virtually. And uh, just great to get to hear her stories about being a makeup artist and working with Jason in particular. And so uh, who knows, maybe, maybe there's an invite coming your way, Nikki, <laughs> in case you're listening out there to come and chat makeup with us. Yeah, absolutely. And so, well, what we're going to do now um, is kind of get into the acting categories because that's where the bulk of the nominations came from this year. Um, and some very pleasant surprises, um, I will say. But um, this is also where we're going to kind of speak a little bit more general broad term about the Emmys as well to kind of like break down chances here. So, uh, Craig, let's just start right at the top there. Our boy Jason Sudeikis, once again nominated for Best Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Um, and again, some pretty stiff competition that he was up against last time. He's up against Donald Glover for Atlanta, Bill Hader for Barry, uh, Nicholas Holt for The Great, and then the legendary Steve Martin and Martin Short, both nominated for Only Murders in the Building. So this is an interesting category. Um, you know, normally you would try to say, say like, you know, maybe there's a newcomer that could like kind of sneak in there. Maybe that's like a sentimental thing with Steve Martin or Martin Short, but both of them might cancel each other out too. They do get very equal screen time in that show. So I don't know. I think that you kind of have to, you know, kind of short. Jason Sudeikis here is the favorite in this category again. I would assume so. You know, Donald Glover and Atlanta, Atlanta didn't, they got snubbed quite a bit for, they did not get a, a best comedy series and people thought maybe that they would coming back from a longer hiatus because they were kind of an Emmy darling just a few seasons ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I would actually say that his probably his biggest competition to me is Bill Hader and Barry because it's very, it's being very well received and Bill Hader really is the, much like Ted Lasso, uh, belongs to Jason Sudeikis. Barry really belongs to Bill Hader. Uh, he's very involved in the process from everything from the writing, the production, the directing, everything else. And so I do think that maybe that is something on the mind of Emmy voters. Although I will say that when you look at Barry, uh, it is a very dark comedy. There, there could be no greater <laughs> difference between two shows than Ted Lasso and Barry. Um, I do agree. Only Murders in the Building, I think, is going to Actually, I, that's the top line one. I think that that might compete against it for best comedy series, but we'll get there in a second. But I do think that putting both Steve Martin and Martin Short in this category together, that does do a little bit of canceling out votes. And so I think our boy might get it again. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, it, it's easy to see the the path for him to win his second one. And again, not only to discount the fact, but like, an amazing uh, furthering of that character arc and the just kind of raw acting chops that Jason Sudeikis shows in this season. A lot more emotional, dramatic stuff he has to do and carry as Ted uh, in this season. So, you know, potentially it's... controversial statement, but I think that he does. He acted the hell out of the second season more than he did the first. I agree with you. I agree. And so I think that there's a there's a lot to kind of latch onto there. But uh, let's move then to the supporting uh, categories here, because you could just call these just Ted Lasso categories. Um, uh, there's just so much moving on here, but let's start with a supporting actress who, and I know there's going to be some people who ask why Hannah is in this uh, column. Like if she's not a lead actress, what is she? 
it's it's usually just the way the studios want to nominate them. Um, that's usually how that works. Um, but of course, yes, we have a nomination for Hannah Waddingham for Juno Temple, and then a very very surprising welcome addition here: Sarah Niles, Doctor Sharon herself, getting a nomination for supporting actress in a comedy series. They are up against um, a very very big <laughs> list of nominees here: Alex Borstein, of course, a multiple time winner for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Hannah Einbinder for uh, Hacks. That is a show that is really ascendant. Talk about another ascendant show Janelle James for Abbott Elementary um, she and her uh, fellow castmate Shirley Ralph uh, also nominated for Ab- Abbott Elementary uh, Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live that just always seems to be the uh, always the last one to be nominated in this category so um, Craig I don't know um, you know like it's easy to see how all of these could cancel each other out um, Keely got a much bigger arc um, obviously Dr. Sharon's arc is so good in season 2 um, to help Ted along but also just as a character herself but you know you've got two really ascendant shows here in Hacks and Abbott Elementary and then of course a mini multiple time winner with Alex Borstein here so this could be a tough one to crack I will say that uh, of course the reason why the studio decided to put Hannah in supporting because they saw the writing on the wall last year and they see it again there's no one that's going to touch Jean Smart Jean for Smart her works there. in Hacks. Yeah. So <laughs> she's going to win uh, Best uh, Actress, Best Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. But as far as like this category goes, I really do appreciate seeing Sarah Niles get slipped in there. There's uh, a couple of people that, you know, you could call potential snubs that uh, maybe she took that spot away from them. Um, Abbott Elementary has a lot of nominations. It is one of the only network shows. In fact, it's one, it's believed that the first network show since Modern Family to be nominated for Best Original Comedy. Yep. And so I think that that could get some play at the Emmys for sure. And then, you know, it does seem like kind of like an also Rand. Thanks for participating for Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. But I will tell you, she's had an extremely successful run on Saturday Night Live. Yep. And of course, she is leaving the cast. And so this could be, you know, one of those swan song moments like uh, Don Draper, John Hamm didn't win uh, for Don Draper until after the show had already really yeah. officially wrapped. And so you could see a, a way where some voters are like trying to reward her work as uh, in Saturday Night Live as kind of like a capstone. All that being said, I think it's Hannah's to lose because uh, she does amazing work, much like Jason really mm. ascended in uh season two mm. i i get that she's the villain of season one for most of the season but at the same time uh she does some remarkable work here in season two uh and so i think that she is the one who may come away with her second oscar as well or se- oscar hell her give, her, second, give her an oscar may, she'll get her yeah. oscar soon uh second <laughs> emmy uh as well there's somebody who really could legitimately egot because <laughs> no kidding i mean like, are you kidding me I, of course she's gonna be she's gonna get her egot for sure someday here um so yeah this this is a very uh interesting category and look you know it's not just us saying it like most of the uh trade papers are saying like this is a very very toss up year like there's there's hardly a way to like kind of handicap any of these races because of this wide amount of time that has passed and like like you said like there's so many mainstays that you think back to the work on these shows like Hannah Waddingham and like Gene Smart and all that but then you're just like but there is this immediacy thing of, of an Abbott Elementary or something like that so you never know. Don't you think it's going to go like the Emmys normally do, though? I mean, we we say like, oh, there's all these. And we mentioned it last year. Um, we didn't talk so much about the nominations last year, but we, we reacted to the wins that Ted Lasso had. But don't you think that it's going to go one way or another? If the night starts to go that Abbott Elementary is winning everything, they're going to win everything. That's usually if, uh, how it goes. If it with, seems yeah. that 
uh, Ted Lasso is maintaining their stranglehold on this category for a second year in a row. That's going to happen. I don't think that we're going to see many splits between like, I don't think you're going to get, um, you know, the lead actress of Abbott Elementary to win and then Ted Lasso to win Best Comedy Series, if yeah, that makes sense. Usually when there's an insurgent uh, or, you know, um, up and coming show like an Abbott Elementary, it will just kind of just slay the rest. You're right. Like, um, I think that happened with Modern Family on their first season. It was just kind of like, nope, everything's gone. Now, again, though, a very different time when that show came out, streaming rules the day now. And like most series are like limited series that are streaming um, and you know, they have unlimited budgets for the most part nowadays, too. So, you know, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic that you're talking about there. I can see also, though, Craig, like there is a finiteness to Ted Lasso. Now we do know that season three is the final season. So there might be this whole sense of, you know, let's reward this show while we have it. I know, I know, I know. But you know. <laughs> I just read something in The Hollywood Reporter yesterday and, you know, I only clipped it. And so I didn't see who they were actually talking to. But the person essentially said that. Uh, you know, don't don't say it's over till it's over. I, I think once the man comes out and says oh, no. <laughs> it is over, once we hear from the mustache himself, then uh, that's when we can say it's over. But no, I do. I do agree with you. I think that that's why maybe something like Ted Lasso does still continue to pick up some of these wins. Um, and then Abbott Elementary, it's interesting. We keep saying it's a network show, but I'll say that most people, including myself, probably picked it up on Hulu, which yeah. is a streamer, right? So <laughs> yeah. anyway, it's just uh, it's just an interesting year for sure. But do you want to go over to the peanut butter and biscuits category, which is what I'm calling the best supporting actor for in a comedy real. series? For real now, if we could just get that new Marvel superhero back on there, we can complete the trilogy. But yes, yeah, supporting actor in a comedy series. Um, Spoilers, man. Yeah, you're, I know, you're right? So many people spoiling get, everything. Send your, send your hate mail specifically to Jeremy Geckner, not to me. <laughs> yes, specifically to me. Um, but of course, nominees uh, this year, Brett Goldstein defending his supporting actor in a comedy series. Um, he gets nominated again. Our boy, Tahib Jamo. We were so hoping for it. And Sam Obazanya now an Emmy nominee for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. And the one I'm most proud of, the one I think is the most deserved, Mr. Nick Muhammad, our good friend, Nick Muhammad. Uh, Ted Lasso nominated for season two. Um, and again, some pretty stiff competition here. Uh, Anthony Kerrigan and Henry Winkler both nominated for Barry, um, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I got to say, just as a side note, everything that man does on that show cracks me up. Like, so great. He is so good on that show. I hope he loses, but I hope, I I hope that show keeps going. But, so um, and then, of course, the last nominee, Bo and Yang for Saturday Night Live. So I don't know, Craig. I literally do could see them all like eating each other here brett goldstein has been so ascendant but if i'm going purely on the work of season two i think nick muhammad deserves this award i agree i think that uh you know nick muhammad is the one to me that that ought to overtake brett goldstein um roy kent was such a prolific character in our culture he really broke through well beyond the show and I mean, he's he's every effing where. Right. But like it's including other properties now that I will not spoil like my boy Jeremy did. But <laughs> I will say that I think that Nick Muhammad uh, does remarkable work in here. And just like the second he posted that tweet at the end of the second season, that kind of pigeon stepped like or stair stepped, you know, Nate's turn. And you're just like, oh, man, this guy really gets it. He mm. really thinks about his acting. And that came through in our conversation with him as well. And so I do hope uh, I, I love Brett Goldstein to death. I really hope he comes on our show. But I will also <laughs> say that uh, I think Nick Muhammad is the one here. Uh, but Tahib Jamo uh, is 
that guy that guy is going to have such yeah. a remarkable career Our boy. ahead of him and i'm so glad that he gets the emmy nomination because sam's turns in this and sam is asked to do so much more in this season and i love that he's being recognized for that work yeah, absolutely. It, it's very well deserved. Could be a very uh, tough nut to crack here, um, so to speak, um, with this category. There's a lot of talent. Again, this is kind of like the the story of the Emmys this year. It's just kind of like with the deluge of quality like television that's uh, that's come out. It's just kind of like, okay, well, I can see that. Well, I can see them. Well, I can see them winning too. I mean, it's just hard. Like this is just very hard. And I, I don't know. I haven't seen all of Barry season three, but I guess that I would say that that's probably between Henry Winkler and Anthony Kerrigan. That's probably the the major competition there. Tony Shalhoub is has been nominated several times for Marvelous Miss Maisel. He's also totally been nominated you, like a million times he, for Monk as well. So he's always right, nominated. <laughs> right, right. And but and he always does great work. But I don't know if this season necessarily of Marvelous Miss Maisel yeah. really played as well as some of the other previous seasons, it kind of came and went like with a whimper. Mm -hmm. I think next year uh, they could be potential competition because it will be last season for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And again, I think that there is some type of rewarding that happens to the end of the production as opposed to the beginning. But I don't, I think that maybe the Barry folks are the only ones that might be able to touch this again. Of course, this is saying that if Abbott elementary goes on a run, then they could win it all. I mean, they, you know, Ted Lasso won it all last year. Yeah. Uh, so it could be that every category that uh, Abbott Elementary is up for, they just take. But I do think that Nick Muhammad, in my mind, deserves this award more than some of the other actors nominated for other great work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, the only other nominations to talk about here are the guest actor and actresses in a comedy series. And these were some pleasant surprises here. Uh, one nomination for Ted Lasso for guest actress in a comedy comedy series, the legendary Harriet Walter playing uh, Mrs. Welton herself, Rebecca's mom. Um, just an absolute fun stuff there. Um, I believe she was in uh the signal and uh no weddings and a funeral so two appearances uh in the season um and she is also up against a pretty stiff competition we're just going to call this uh this category the hacks category uh because we got jane adams harriet sansom harris laurie metcalf and caitlin olsen four hacks literally four nominations and then the only other one in this category is the uh also legendary jane lynch for only murders in the building and i gotta say her appearance in that show is fantastic. She literally plays Steve Martin's stunt double. Don't think about it too much, guys. Um, his character's stunt double. So literally her and Steve Martin are just the same, wearing the same clothes, and like mimicking each other the whole episode. It's fantastic. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, I mean, you would assume one of the Hacks actresses would win this, I would assume. It's so funny, too, because they have four nominees, and I think that they got it wrong who they should have nominated because Ming-Na Wen in yeah. Hacks this season yeah. was so great, and I think that she would be considered a guest actress. Although her role was big enough, maybe she was bumped to some other category. Mm. Uh, I know that they do kind of look at screen time. Like, they actually really do break this down and say, like, who yeah, falls there's a, what there's a pretty strict criteria one. there. Yeah, so I would say I agree with you though. I think that uh, hacks is going to take this. Although who knows with four hacks out <laughs> maybe there, maybe they I think cancel. That, <laughs> uh, I, I think that maybe Jane Lynch comes through because Only Murders in the Building is a really well-regarded show. And uh, if if the Emmys are anything like the Oscars, you like to make sure everybody takes home a prize <laughs> every now and then. And so I could see Jane Lynch winning for that. Plus, she's a, a recognized name in the Emmys. I mean, of course, Jane Lynch has been ruling our televisions for many, many years now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the last category here for uh, nominations for Ted Lasso, guest actor in a comedy series. Uh, one I expected, one I did not. 
So obviously Sam Richardson for his amazing, just there's no words to describe uh, Edwin Akufu. Um, just an insane performance there. We'll talk in a second. But also James Lance, Trent Krim himself, nominated for Best Guest Actor in a Comedy Series. That is so awesome. Um, you, Craig, of course, and all of you uh, fans out there know of my love of James Lance and uh, Trent Krim specifically. Um, Craig, what did you think of this? I was very surprised. I have to say that the, this was a little bit of a head scratcher. And you know that we at Peanut Butter and Biscuits love James Lance, love Trent Krim. Uh, whether he's independent or with the independent, <laughs> we love him. But he had not a lot to do in season two. In fact, I believe in our recaps, there if you go back and play them around like episode 10 or something like that, we're probably both like, we need more Trent Krim. Yeah, in this where's James season. Lance? And we in this do season. get him in the finale. But uh, maybe it's like just literally the uh, episode three, like arc, just the just the reporting arc on uh, Strelithium Oil. And then, but then he's gone for a while and the, it's just like he just comes back in. And I think he like meets Ted at the bar just to like tell Ted he's writing the, the paper or whatever. And yeah. then he leaves again or what? Anyway, it just it was a surprise to me. Uh, I do think that Sam Richardson makes a whole lot of sense. It's a it's a fancy name and a guest role. He crushed it. And it's, it's insanely us, memorable. Like, <laughs> he had he had all of us being like, oh, man, we like this uh, Akufu guy. And then like just tore it up. Epic uh, blow it, up. It for for us, more so. on that, uh, go back to our interview with Tahib, where we definitely ask him how on earth he tried to keep a straight face while <laughs> Sam Richardson was doing that. <laughs> if I if I can, uh, though, I would maybe potentially, again, only murders in the building. Nathan Lane, uh, his it, he's basically I love Nathan Lane to death. So this is not a criticism, but he plays Nathan Lane in every single property that he's <laughs> in. Uh, but he was particularly Nathan Laney in this particular property. And it was great. And so I did enjoy his appearance in Only Murders in the Building. So I could see him taking this. Yeah. Also, so Nathan Lane, uh, Bill Hader for Curb Your Enthusiasm, Jared Carmichael for Saturday Night Live and Christopher McDonald for Hacks um, are the other nominees here. Um, you know, if Hacks has some coattails, maybe Chris McDonald can ride that there. Um, also a pretty long-standing name in the industry, but come on, you got to give this to Sam. I mean, I just really want to see that clip of him just tearing apart that mannequin and just like, like the, uh, like the Emmy's just bleeping out every word he's saying on this clip show. Like that's, that's the only thing I want in this world. I just want that one clip of Sam Richardson destroying the mannequin and we will be fine. Uh, the Emmys will be a success. So, um, so that's uh, going to wrap it up for all the Ted Lasso nominations. Um, again, there's just so many nominations and there's so much great TV oh, out there. You forgot um, one, buddy. Oh, did I forget? Get one? Which one? Best comedy series. Well, we gotta, at least, we, gotta <laughs> we gotta at least talk about it for just a second. So it's up against Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, Oof. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm. Only Murders in the Building, Damn. and then What We Do in the Shadows. That I think, is a murderer's row of comedy, guys. <laughs> and I mean, people are talking about like Atlanta is snubbed out of there, and so there, there's yeah. still some snubs that came around from there. I think it's absolutely it can go a couple of different ways. I see four top contenders in this. I see Abbott elementary maybe as the number one to be able to take on Ted Lasso, but right there underneath it, that third season of Barry is being very well received. Um, and then I also think that only murders in the building was extremely well received yeah. when it came out. And so I think that the marvelous Mrs. Maisel again, I think that that is more of like a legacy nomination hacks, 
Um, I think they will get some of the acting and maybe some of the directing or technical writing rewards and things like that, but I don't think it's going to get best comedy series. Uh, so, and then what we do in the shadows, again, I think that's more of a Man. holdover kind yeah. of nomination. Yeah, and it uh, would be, nomination. just as a quick aside, I wish that show would get some more love because it's brilliant. I mean, you know, Taika doesn't write all the episodes anymore, but like that that show like took the spirit of that movie and really just continues to run with it. And it's fantastic if you haven't watched it. It's also, I think, along with Abbott, the only uh, network show. Although I don't know if you want to call FX a network uh, per se, but um, you know, well, especially now that like one. there's FX for Hulu or whatever, it's so it's so confusing to see yeah. where any of this stuff is. Um, but I will say that I, I think that Ted has a really good shot here. Uh, but I do think that there is some more there, stiffer competition than last year in my mind yeah. uh, with Barry and Abbott Elementary. I would not be surprised if one of those two walked away with it. And I also really wouldn't be surprised if only in murders in the building walked away with it as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Only murders is one of those weird shows that's um, very critically loved and very fan loved <laughs> at the same time. So it's like that, that is a hard trick to pull off um, for, for both of them so enthusiastically. So, um, but that uh, I don't know if you have any others there, but there's just so much stuff on there. Like, um, you know, Pam and Tommy got a bunch of great nominations. That show was incredible. Um, Succession actually led the entire field with 25 nominations, including I'm pretty sure an entire, acting category um, in drama i think the guest actor uh category was just all that so um yeah i mean i would say that you know like uh maybe we can just call out one one quick thing from other reactions that we had limited series was crazy uh this year so they the white lotus i think is going to probably walk away with a lot of the awards for limited series but um you did mention the glut of limited series that came out in april like right before the emmy nomination window that strategy did not work because we crash and uh, even the dropout uh didn't get as many nominations as they thought that they would and then a lot of those true crime uh limited series that came out didn't necessarily uh, get what they needed the one thing i will say is that lead actor in a drama series this year is nuts and ridiculous um you've got jason bateman in his last time in ozark uh you have although i, I think it's the last time again timing for the emmys are, are weird um bob odenkirk i can't remember if this will be his last time up for better call saul because they are premiering part of the next season after the emmy window uh so again some of these i might be wrong on but if those two are going up against their last opportunity here then that's going to be a huge battle. And then we also have the lead actor from Squid Game as well. And Squid Game getting 14 nominations and really taking Netflix by storm when it did. It's great to see that kind of that come into play in the Emmys as well. So it'll be a really fun night to cover the Emmys. I think maybe yeah. we can do a full recap once they're done and kind of go from there, see what Ted Lasso picked up and see if our friends AJ and Mel uh, particular, but also um, Tahib and Nick, it's just remarkable that we had a chance to talk to any of these people, let alone people that come away with any nominations as well. But any final thoughts for you, Jeremy, before we wrap it up? Nope. I think you got them all there. Um, again, as you said, we will do a full recap and everything, but um, you know, zoom's about to kick us off guys. So we got to wrap up here, but we hope you've enjoyed uh, this Emmy recap of Ted Lasso's nominations. And of course, some other ones, um, of course, if you want to find us anywhere, you can uh, find us where you normally do folks. Um, of course, uh, the Facebook group, peanut butter and biscuits, um, 
Um, and of course, we are the Front Row Network, a uh, member of sh- uh, that network of shows. So you can find us there on the social medias as well. Um, and of course, PBBFRN on Twitter, which is where we are um, all over the place. So um, that is going to do it for this episode of Peanut Butter and Biscuits. We have lots more coming for you before Season 3 drops, but uh, just stay tuned. So for Peanut Butter and Biscuits, I'm Jeremy Geckner. And I'm Craig McFarland. And as always, everyone, be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.